0: Welcome to Kenny's G-League, the podcast keeping you up to date on your Portland G-League team. Thank you for joining us on episode one of Kenny's G-League. Today we're answering the question, what is the G-League? That's going to consist of three things. We're going to do a brief history of the G-League, dissecting how we got from the early 2000s version of the D-League to today. We're going to talk about what the regular season of the G-League consists of, And to wrap it up, we're going to talk about why I'm so excited about the G League coming to Portland. In the year 2000, the NBA announced the NBDL, the National Basketball Development League, which back then consisted of just eight teams, all located in the southeast United States. In 2005, the NBA renamed the NBDL the NBA Development League, or as it would commonly be called the D League, Around this time, they started expanding the league, buying teams from already existing uh, basketball leagues like the ABA, the American Basketball Association, and the CBA, the Continental Basketball Association. This is a different ABA than the ABA of the 60s and the 70s. This ABA started in the year 2000, just like the NBDL did, um, and it actually ran as recently as 2022-2023. Um, Though, doing a little bit of research for this episode, I found an interesting little tidbit, which is that the championship game for the 2023 season was canceled due to a tornado warning, and it never got made up. So, this past season in the ABA, they had co-champions. That's the little kind of factoid that you're going to get on this podcast. Anyway, back to the history of the G League. As part of this mid-2000s expansion, in 2006, the league expanded to include the Idaho Stampede, which you might remember was affiliated with the Blazers from 2007 to 2014. Several Blazers played for the team during this time, like C.J. McCollum and Will Barton and Gary Trent Jr., several others, and there are still highlights up online that you can go find, which I really enjoy you can go back and watch really early C.J. McCollum footage getting uh, to show us glimpses of what he would become in the NBA before he had a chance to show that off for the Blazers. Idaho by three, McCollum turns on the Jets, drives all the way, scores off the window. Head fake at the three-point line and the blow by. In this late 2000s era of the D-League, it was common for multiple NBA teams to be affiliated with the single D-League team. Um, I'm assuming largely because there just weren't enough teams to have one-to-one affiliation at the time. But by the time the Blazers um, were dissolving their relationship with the Stampede, the league was starting to shift to that one-to-one affiliation. To me, this kind of represents an important stepping stone in the D-League history, where teams started setting their teams closer to the NBA team, which I think was a big part of the groundwork for changing the development league from simply being about getting reps and minutes to developing players more holistically within the NBA framework. That brings us up to the current iteration, which is the G League. In the 2017-2018 season, the D League partnered with Gatorade, announcing it would be rebranded as the NBA Gatorade League. So if you ever have wondered, well, why is it called the G League? It's because it's the Gatorade League. Sometimes I'll call it that here on this podcast. Following this rebrand, the G League started to stream games online on Twitch, Uh, attempting to get the product out to more fans. They started signing players that are not eligible for the NBA yet to play in the G League. And then they expanded to the G League Ignite, which is their um, team that's specifically meant for prospects that could one day enter the NBA, but maybe decide not to go to um, college or play overseas. Uh, Of course, a player that's uh, very talked about right now is Scoot Henderson, who played for the G League Ignite this past season. That brings us up to this current iteration of the G League. With the inclusion of the Portland G League team, there are now 31 teams in the league. The only NBA team that doesn't have a G League team is the Phoenix Suns. Although Phoenix did have a G League team recently, they ended that relationship just a couple seasons ago. In this current iteration of the G League, to me, it's in a very exciting place. They've really uh, put an emphasis on on development, not just, you know, like I said earlier, getting minutes, but developing players holistically. And that also extends to staff. You know, I see fans already getting excited about the G League coach we'll talk about in another episode. Um, and of course, also, um, front office people can be developed In the G League as well, you know, we have this um, really direct correlation between both leagues now, which is really exciting for developing all types of people, Um, I'm sure in a lot of uh, jobs that I don't even know anything about, Uh, but they get that chance to work very closely now, rather than sending people out to different states and different cities They're going to be located so closely that it'll be a lot more integrated than in the past, which I think will be a great thing, not just for players, but for the Blazers in general. They'll have um, this whole path towards generating uh, new people in their league. From the outside looking in, that's been a really cool thing to see the last, I don't know, season or two from the Blazers hiring uh, some really interesting people like Mike Schmitz, even bringing in Brandon Roy just to represent them at the draft. To me, that was very exciting. And of course, you know, I like to speculate, well, maybe Brandon Roy and people like that could be a part of the G League team. I truthfully have no idea, but I at least like to, that I can um, imagine that possibility now, whether it's with him or with another uh, individual. I think that possibility now is very real and, and pretty exciting. So that's our very brief, condensed down history of the G League. Let's get into what the regular season is and what uh, important events happen before the regular season. So the first event of the 2023-2024 NBA G League season has already happened. June 8, the NBA G League expansion draft happened where the Portland G League team selected 14 players. We'll talk about them on another episode. On June 28, the NBA G League international draft happens, a one-round draft where uh, all the G League teams can select an international prospect. Then you get into September and October when the G League teams hold local player tryouts, if you haven't seen it, there's a fantastic video out from several years ago uh, where the Warriors G League team had a local tryout and a man in his mid-70s tried out for the team. Fantastic video. I'm going to insert a little audio from that here, but if you haven't seen it, go find that video. It's excellent. I can't say that I can run, jump, or shoot because I can't. But for a guy that can't run, jump, or shoot, uh, I'm a decent passer and I'll get in there and mix it up. October 28 the G League draft happens. This is a, last season it was a three-round draft where all teams participate. Then you get into training camp in late October, early November. And then it's into the regular season, which begins on November 10. So let's dive into what the season is going to be, because it's a little different than the NBA season. So when the regular season starts in November, it begins with what's called the Showcase Cup. That's the first 18 games of the season. After the Showcase Cup, you get into the Winter Showcase, which leads to the Showcase Cup Championship game. So we have 18 games. They go play the Winter Showcase. That leads us to the Showcase Championship. After the Showcase Championship game, the league resets. All the standings get set back to zero. And then they have a 32-game regular season. That's an interesting format that I'm excited to see this season in the G League. And uh, more broadly, I'm really interested to know if that is kind of a precursor of what the NBA would like to do with a potential midseason tournament uh, in the NBA. We've kind of heard some chatter about an in-season tournament that Adam Silver is interested in. Maybe we can kind of, in Portland, learn from the G League and see what that could possibly look like in the future with the Blazers. So while the season itself is a little bit different than the NBA... There are also some differences just in game-to-game with different rules. So let's look at what game-to-game is a little bit different from the NBA. The G League acts as something of a testing facility for new rules, and we've seen this already with things like the Coach's Challenge. That was implemented in the G League before it was implemented in the NBA. We also see that with the 14-second reset Uh, on offensive rebounds, as well as the transition take fouls. These are all things that they kind of tested in the G League before they brought it over to the NBA. But there are also some other rules that are a little bit different in the G League. So let's take a look at what we got going on there. So, overtime is handled differently in the G League. Instead of a five-minute overtime, we've got a target score that we're looking for in the G League. So, if the score is tied at the end of regulation, it becomes a first-to-seven game, which can lead for some really exciting endings to games. If you've scored four points in overtime and you've got the ball, you might go for that three-pointer to win the game and get to that target score. There are some really exciting endings if you'd like to go to YouTube and look for target score endings in the G League. There's some really uh, exciting ones to look for. I'm going to be pretty hyped about that uh, going to games this season when it goes to overtime. They also handle free throws differently in the G League, which I think is pretty interesting. They have something called the one free throw rule, which essentially means if you get fouled on a two-pointer or a three-pointer and miss that shot, you just take one free throw for all those points pretty interesting. I would be really curious if they ever try to implement this in the NBA. It definitely feels like a Jeff Van Gundy kind of rule, uh, but it's going to be a pretty different uh, thing to watch for here. And honestly, I'm really curious if that will ever affect how uh, scouts look at players' free throw percentage as kind of an indicator for how good of a shooter they are for the NBA. That's kind of beyond my pay grade, but I think that that's really interesting. If you're shooting only one free throw for all those points, um, I wonder if that can affect how you're viewed as a free throw shooter. With enough volume, I'm sure it would even out, but I'm curious about that. I really don't know. During the last two minutes of a game, though, standard free throw rules do apply. So that's when it's different. Last two minutes of the game. Also in the last two minutes of a game, or overtime, teams have something called a reset timeout, which is a little bit different than a regular timeout. The teams don't huddle, but otherwise it mirrors a standard timeout, which allows the team to advance the ball and make substitutions. So those are some rules that are a little bit different from the NBA, and perhaps eventually we could see some form or another of those rules make its way to the NBA. So that's our brief discussion of what the season is. Now, let's transition into why I'm excited about the G League coming to Portland. For me, it's really simple. I'm excited for this essentially because I get to watch more basketball. There's more basketball in town, and we've needed a G League team for several years, and now we have that opportunity. I've always been a fan that easily gets attached to players that might be considered long-shot players. You know, I think back when I was a kid, Quintel Woods, that was my guy. I was hyped about him. I was ready for all that potential that he could be. Um, Travis Outlaw, I was a huge Travis Outlaw guy, and that one kind of came to fruition a little bit. Uh, Now, you know, I'm a big Jabari Walker believer. I believe Trennan Watford is going to be the Boris Diaw of the modern NBA. Uh, And I'm excited to see who the Blazers take in this year's draft, whether it's first round or second round. Um, But this team is going to give us a great opportunity to see those guys that the Blazers pick and guys that uh, the G League picks in their drafts that are uh, also potential players for the NBA one day. I'm really excited about that. And additionally, I think it'll be really interesting to see what kind of offense and defense this G League team runs. Usually you see the G League teams these days try to mirror something to their NBA affiliate. And, uh, you know, that's been a little bit of a question these last couple seasons about what kind of the identity of the Blazers is going to be. Of course, Damian Lillard is an identity. But beyond that, we've kind of been seeing them look for more rangy players and kind of defensive-oriented players, but due to injuries and all that, it's been, you know, a little bit of a struggle at times, and so I'm really curious what that identity will be for this G League team. So I'm going to be going to a lot of games this season, really excited to cheer on the team, and uh, hopefully get some good insights for the podcast here as well. That'll about do it on the inaugural episode of kenny's g-league thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with a friend or an enemy that would go a long way to helping me out but either way thank you for listening tune into the next one where we're going to talk more about who is the g-league going to dive in talking about some of the players that could potentially be on the team this year talk about a few of the staff decisions that have already been made for the team that's what we'll do next time So thank you again for listening. I hope you continue to tune in every now and again, add it to your podcast feed, and I'll see you next time.